Good morning. Pastor Tim here at Faith Community, and it is good to be with you on this fourth Sunday of Advent. How about that? Here we are just a few days before Christmas, and I want to wish everybody out there a very Merry Christmas. I know it has been such an unprecedented year. It has been such a challenging season for all of us. All of the things that we're so accustomed to doing and participating in, uh, things like being with our family and Christmas parades and Christmas parties, our Christmas cantata, our children's drama, so many things that we so appreciate about this season, we haven't been able to participate in and be a part of. And I know we're all grieving that this year. Even the holiday shopping experience has been different this year, or should I say holiday shipping has been in this year, and our holiday experience has been so unusual. There is one thing, though, at least one thing that I found that remains, it appears unchanged, and that is the toy wish list. I know a lot of children out there wishing for some toys, and, and I did a little bit of searching with that this past week, and I found out that one of the top items that children are looking for is the Baby Yoda plush, inspired by that Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. And desperate shoppers looking for that perfect baby Yoda, looking high and low, willing to pay whatever to give that toy to their loved one. You know, baby Yoda, that's the meaning of Christmas, isn't it? Well, hardly. But it appears that we have become a nation of seekers. We have become a people on a quest questions filling our minds and our hearts, and we've been going in search, looking for answers. As people look around this year and, and they see all of the restrictions that we are faced with, not able to venture out from our homes much and, and back into our lives because of the coronavirus, as we've seen some of our family and friends that have fallen ill, and many others that have even succumbed to this illness, people have been asking questions, some of those deep questions, and it's questions that we've always asked, but now we've been faced with our own mortality. Now we have really confronted some things in life, and it's caused us to slow down and begin to put the brakes on in our life and really ask once more some of those those deep questions in life, like, why am I here? Where am I going? Where did I come from? What is the meaning of life? Is there a God? And if there is a God, how can I know him? Those are the kinds of questions, friends, that we are asking even in this season of Advent. Now, if you are a spiritual seeker, you have come to the right place today. You're in good company and in fact, you have a lot in common with some of those gathered there on that first Christmas we call the wise men. You know, we have been in a worship series all month long entitled Adore. Oh, come let us adore him. And as you know, to adore means more than stargazing. It means more than having a grateful spirit about us. It means more than having mere appreciation. But you see, it has to do with more of our attitude and more about our 
heart and the posture of our being and what we truly treasure in life. We catch a glimpse of adoration here in this story at Christmas in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. And I want to share a few of those verses with you today. In Matthew, chapter 2, we find out that it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea, during the reign of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. And when King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. And he gathered all of the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. And they said, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote, You Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people, Israel. And then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them that the time when the star had first appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may go and honor him. And when they heard the king, they went and look, the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star... They were filled with joy, and they entered the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they honored him. And then they opened their treasure chest and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. I know today that it would be perhaps more liturgically proper to wait until January 6th or to that first Sunday of Epiphany to share this story today. But I think today especially, I don't want to be guilty of being proper in a time like this. You know, we can be so accurate that we still miss what it's all about. And that's the very point that I want to bring up for us today. You know, some people refer here in the scripture to the magi. That's the the Greek term that we find, but other people call them the wise men, and yet some call them the three kings. But I think the best term for them is probably the original seekers, because that's what they were. They were seekers of God. They were looking and searching for truth, looking for answers. Now, the Bible here doesn't tell us a lot about the wise men. In fact, we know less about them than practically every other person that was gathered here at the manger that night. They were given the term magi in the Bible, and magi, it's a, it's a term that's sort of a combination of an astronomer and an astrologer, a scientist, uh, maybe a doctor, and we know that these were presumably wise people. They were well-educated, and by many accounts, they were wealthy, and we don't know where they came from exactly either. The Bible does indicate to us that they came from the east and they could have come as far from Persia or India and some say even China. We don't really know. But we do know that they had to cross that Middle Eastern desert and I have been there and I can tell you it's a barren area and it probably took them several weeks 
to get there to the land of Israel, to Jerusalem and, and Bethlehem. Some even say four to six months. And we don't know how many of these guys were actually together. Many have presumed since there were three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, perhaps there were only three magi. But we also know that back in that day that oftentimes the magi traveled together in caravans. So maybe there were a dozen or more of these that came together on that night. What we do know about these wise men is actually what they did. And if you say tonight, I'm searching, I'm hurting and I'm searching and I'm looking for answers, I'm searching for the truth in life, and if there is God, I want to know him tonight, then you probably need to take the lead of these wise men here today because if you do, you will find what they found in the person of Jesus Christ. Let me assert it to you like this. Only the wise know wisdom is incomplete. And I wonder today if you feel complete. I wonder today if you have made your way to this manger and met Christ as your Savior. Notice some things about the wise men here. First of all, they were wise enough to seek God. And they were wise enough to kneel before him. They knew what the appropriate response was. Matthew tells us that when they came here to the place where the child was, they fell down before him. Some translations say that they knelt down before him in verse 11. And everybody kneels down to the king, don't they? I saw a documentary here some time ago, and one of the kings years ago, the kings of uh, a king of England, had some of his friends over for a meal. And when the king came into the room, they all stood up, and he was a little embarrassed about that. And he said to his friends, "He said, oh, my special friends, I'm not the Lord, you know.'" And one of the men, one of his friends, said, "Well, sir, if you were, we would not be standing; we would be kneeling." You know, falling here before the manger is that appropriate response. It's what Christmas calls us to do. It's what these wise men did as they were overcome with emotion. And they fell before God's son, Jesus. We kneel before Christ from wherever we have come, from wherever we are as, a, as an expression of, of reverence and devotion. Secondly, we find out that these wise men here, they were, they were wise enough to experience the joy, weren't they? Verse 10 tells us here, and when they saw the start, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They worshiped the king. It was the thing to do. We adore Christ because we receive Christ into our hearts. And these wise men, they came here to the manger and they were so overcome. They fell down before him. And the Bible says that they worshipped him. You know, God does not leave genuine seekers without a travel guide. And these wise men, they followed the star all the way there. I want to ask today, what stars are in your life and in your world today that are pointing you to the manger. I know as I think back in my life, I had different people in, in, in my life that were praying for me, that were directing me and pointing me to something better in life, something beyond this life. 
Jesus Christ. Notice here, Matthew says that they came into this place where the child was, and not only did they kneel down, but they worshipped him. Some translations say they paid him homage. Everybody pays homage to a king, don't they? But not only that, thirdly, notice here that they were also wise enough to recognize this incredible gift that had been given to this world, and they in turn offered their gifts unto God. Matthew tells us that they came to this place, they knelt down, and they gave these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you know, everybody always brings gifts, do they not, to a king? I wonder today if you are willing to do that. I wonder today, in this season of Christmas, if you're willing to give your life to God. You know, the fact is, God does not have everything. God does not have your life unless you give him your life. God does not have your trust unless you give him your trust. God does not have your worship or your service. God does not have even the treasure, even your heart, unless you give it to him. I challenge you today to give your life to Christ, for he has given so much of his life for you. Give your life to Christ this Christmas as your Christmas gift to him. That's what really Christmas calls us to do. You know, love for Christ always calls us to give whatever is needed. I remember the story of the man one time that went to a pet shop and he wanted to buy a bird. And he looked through all of the options that were there in the pet store that day, bird after bird, and they were all fairly inexpensive until he got to this one bird and it cost several hundred dollars. And he asked the owner, he said, why does this bird cost so much more than all the other birds? And the owner said, well, this bird actually talks. And he was so amazed about that that he shelled out all the hundreds of dollars and bought that bird and went home that night and the bird didn't say a word. It was completely silent. The next day he went down, asked the shop owner, what gives? I bought this bird and it doesn't talk. It doesn't say a thing. And the shop owner said, well, what you need to do is you need to buy a ladder. Put a ladder in the cage and that will help open the bird up and it'll start talking. And he bought the ladder and he went home and put it in the cage. But again, that night, the bird never said a word. And all day, the next day, he went back to the shop and he said, this bird is still not talking. What should I do? And the shop owner said, well, why don't you buy a mirror? You could put a mirror in that bird cage and it'll see its reflection. It'll think it's not alone and it will start to talk. And again, he bought that mirror. He brought it home, put it in the cage, and the bird never spoke a single word. Really upset, he makes his way down one more time as he goes down to the pet shop and he says, I've done everything you've told me. I bought a ladder, I bought a mirror, but the bird still doesn't talk. And the pet owner says, or the pet store owner, he says, well, what you need to do is buy a swing. And I guarantee you that that bird will start talking. So he buys the swing, he goes home, gives it this one more try, puts the swing in there, and again, the bird says nothing. And the next day, the bird takes a turn for the worst, and it finally dies. He goes back to the pet store and explains and said, you know what, the bird finally started talking right before it died. And they said, well, what did it say? And he said, the bird said, don't they sell bird seed down there at that store? You know, love 
calls us to give what is really needed. I'm telling you today that Christmas calls forth from us to give what is truly needed. It's our adoration for the King of Kings has been born. And that calls forth from us the very best that we can give. It calls forth from us our all. It calls us to give him our lives, all that we are, all that we have, all that we ever hope to be. And that's what we do in the presence of a king. I hope in this Christmas season that you are wise enough to give Jesus the very best gifts that you have. Kneeling before him, adoring him, and giving him your all, your very heart. You know, as I think about the wise men, I see that nothing got in their way to divert their attention away from their mission to worship the king. The distance to travel, the unknown location, the troubled people, King Herod there in Jerusalem, they were not obstacles in any way, shape, or form that was going to distract the wise men away from what their intention was. Instead, as the star appeared, they were exceedingly joyful, and when they found the king, they fell down to worship and gave him their treasure. You know, this Christmas season, may we also consider the worth of the one whom we worship. Let us not allow dinner disasters or, or family arguments or mishaps or masks or the COVID-19 sideline us this year. Let none of those things that we're facing this week, that we faced here in recent times, let none of those things interfere with us coming face to face with the newborn king and kneeling before him, giving him our adoration and our all, even our very heart. Shall we pray together? Oh God, we thank you so very much for Christmas. Oh, how we celebrate your birth. How we just come and kneel before you today. The love that we find here in this story compels us, just fills our heart with exceeding joy and causes us to fall down before you, adore you, and to give you our lives. And we pray today for those that are here that they would once more hear your message and respond, Lord, to this story, to the Spirit Bless each one here, O oh God. May we be faithful and follow after you in the name of Christ. Amen.